What is a true shepherd? Hello and welcome to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by Christadelphian Video. Sheep are portrayed as very intelligent with sensitive natures when cared for by a good shepherd. They can be compared to human beings. A good comparison is made between keeping sheep in Bethlehem by David with methods used in the Lake District in England. The Psalms and the Gospel of John support those statements. A shepherd is nothing without his sheepdogs, and I'm really lucky I've got two good sheepdogs, uh, Floss and Tan, uh, two special dogs, really good. Um, and my work's only possible because of them. Uh, they enable me to gather the fells, or even in by land, the fields. You can't gather a field, can't gather fields like we have uh, without them. It would take dozens and dozens of people and you'd still lose, but with uh, one or two good dogs, you can do shepherding work. And this, the way that we farm is what some people call dog and stick farming very traditional, old-fashioned way of farming. Uh, the rest of the world has sort of changed around us and because the fells are so, historically were quite isolated and quite poor, uh, and because there are no other options if you want to farm here than to farm sheep with a dog and a stick, uh, a really old-fashioned kind of farming survived. And I wanted to write a book and tell everybody about it and why I love it and why it's beautiful and special and historically significant and to try and share that with other people so that other people can see it better than they have done before. We're a family farm, so there's my father and my mother and my wife Helen and my children. And my first memories are following my grandfather around the farm and loving every moment of it, thinking he was just free, he was free and he was independent and he was proud and he loved what he did and he, he looked like he belonged in his place in the world. And I remember thinking, I just want to be just like you. <laughs> My sheep that I take back to the fells have been looked after by many, many different shepherds over hundreds, maybe even thousands of years. But they're an unbroken chain back into a period of 1,000 years, 2,000 years, maybe three or four or 5,000 years ago. And to do something that old, that timeless, is amazing. And, uh, and my hope very much is that I, in however big or smaller way that I can help people to see that and understand it because I think many people don't know that's happening around them or that it's still survived. Um, and my book is an attempt to, to, to share that world and to explain it and to explain why we the people are hefted as much as the sheep are hefted uh, that there's a really deep sense of rootedness and belonging and it makes for a certain kind of people um, that are shaped by the landscape and they shape it in turn and that we're proud of what we are um, proud of where we came from, proud of what we are now and proud of what we're trying to do which is to try and keep it going in the future we saw there a gentleman that works as a shepherd in the fells in the Lake District and the way that he described the relationship that he has as a worker, but with the the herd that he looks after, you, you really got a sense of pride 
um, for the work that he was doing. And also because it was uh, passed down from generation to generation in his family, a sense of belonging and a real um, giving back to the community, because if anyone's been um, blessed to go and, and walk around the Lake District, the scenery is stunning, beautiful part of God's creation. And we got a sense from, from that gentleman that he enjoyed walking um, outside with the sheep as his company, with his two uh, hardworking dogs. Um, and that work was something that he was able to take really uh, a deep sense of rootedness and belonging shaped by their work and their surroundings. That's, that's, that's what um, uh, an extract from, from what he said. Um, and also, as we were watching that video, I thought I'd um, get onto Google and see what it would have been like uh, in the time of David. And on the slide there, we've got a screenshot from the fells in the Lake District and next to it, the Bethlehem countryside with some sheep there on the hillside. And I just thought it was really nice to get into the mindset of someone like David, who grew up a young man looking after the sheep. Uh, again, part of his family um, business. And he was given that responsibility uh, as a shepherd to, to look after the sheep. And we know from reading the Bible that David did indeed have to fight to save the life of his sheep, um, a bit different to maybe the shepherds um, in symbol in Ezekiel that that we uh, that we read together. So I said we um, had that video as a source of reference, and then also this this BBC article: sheep are not stupid, and they're not helpless either. Um, like I say, a catchy title for for an article. But in there, they discuss that the reputation of sheep um, in sort of common popular culture is that they're a bit stupid, defenseless and harmless. Um, and that they just mope about not doing very much. Um, and they're good for two things, being eaten and producing wool. That's that's the general reputation um, that, that people think of when we talk about sheep. But the article discusses that the reality is far from that. They're actually surprisingly intelligent um, with an impressive memory and recognition skills. They build friendships, stick up for one another in fights, and they feel sad when their friends are sent to the slaughter. I'm not sure how they uh, gauge that, but I'm sure there's people that have spent many, many hours um, reading the temperament of these sheep and, and um and have, have witnessed that. And then also, they're also one of the most destructive creatures on the planet. This is the article um, that's saying that. And if we think of, if we go back to our reading in Ezekiel chapter 34, where we've read about irresponsible shepherds, and let's just remind ourselves of verses four to six again. I'm reading from the New King James Version uh, this afternoon. So Ezekiel 34 and verse four. The weak you have not strengthened. And again, this is talking to those irresponsible shepherds. The weak you have not strengthened, nor have you healed those who were sick, nor bound up the broken, nor brought back what was driven away. 
nor sought what was lost, but with force and cruelty you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. My sheep wandered through all the mountains and on every hill, every high hill. Yes, my flock was scattered over the whole face of the earth, and no one was seeking or searching for them. And we do get a sense there of that reputation, don't we? Sheep that have wandered off, have gotten themselves into danger, um, and are just good to be part of the food chain. Um, and they have wandered off themselves, yes. But had they had a good shepherd to keep them together, like the gentleman in the video with his, his trusty sheepdogs, they were part of a herd. And left to their own devices, sheep aren't too dissimilar to mankind, really, are they? We read there that the reality is they are intelligent and they are sort of a, a community animal. But they're also one of the most destructive. And we're the same, aren't we? Left to our own devices, left to our own desires and, and striving to, to progress things. With the best intentions, we end up hurting things, don't we? We think of, of um, industry and the damage that does. Um, wars go on um, because mankind thinks that they know better. And, and we're just sheep, aren't we, really? Um, again, left to our own devices, we can be just as damaging. And I guess they're damaging in the sense that they roam far and wide. They eat everything that they come into contact with. Um, and they left to their own devices do will do what they want. Um, I don't know if anyone's seen um, Clarkson's farm on the telly, um, but he tried to to keep some sheep. Jeremy Clarkson, the old Top Gear host, he tried to keep some sheep. He thought it would be a good idea for his farm, and his farm hand Caleb said, "Nope, it's not going to be a good idea." And in his wisdom, he carried on. Thought, "Yep, yeah, I'm going to do it anyway." And uh, yes, he faced all sorts of problems, sheep breaking down Cotswold stone um, hedgerows and, and not behaving, getting out of their gate and causing all sorts of havoc. Um, so I'm sure Jeremy Clarkson would tell you that they're, they're a pain and they can be very destructive as well. But in, in terms of what we want to think about with our relationship with the Bible, and how the Bible describes sheep. Mankind, right from the very beginning, decided not to listen to God. Adam and Eve, they were told a very simple instruction. You can go out into the whole world and enjoy everything. It's all been created and given to you to enjoy. But just please don't eat of this one fruit. And we know from Bible account that they did. The Israelites on many occasions, like we discussed this morning, um, notably uh, just one of those occasions after um, the death of Joshua and after the time of the judges, um, the people quickly descended into just doing what they wanted um, and worshipping the sort of idols that the, the nations round about um, worshipped where they just got to enjoy themselves and have a party. 
It sounds great, but again, it damages those around us if we if we have that attitude. And Cain and Abel as well. Cain brought a sacrifice um, that wasn't what God asked for, and he was he was um, told that that wasn't acceptable. So let's um, look at the first instance in the scriptures um, where a shepherd is is mentioned. So Genesis chapter four. And we've mentioned mentioned it already, but this is um, the account of Cain and Abel and Cain was a keeper of sheep. So let's read from from. Uh, verse one of Genesis four. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So sorry there, it was Abel that was the keeper of sheep. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain bought an offering of fruit of the ground to the Lord, Abel also bought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And we can see there the notes on the slides. Um, that they had two different jobs. Cain um, was a farmer of the ground. Abel was a shepherd. And Abel brought something that he had produced. He brought something that was part of his livelihood and that he wanted to give to God. And we can only assume that because God rejected Cain's offering, they would have been told what was an acceptable offering. And if Cain had gone to his brother and said, please, can I buy a sheep for you to give an offering to God? Or can we come up with an agreement? Can we offer something together? God would have loved to have seen that cooperation. Um, and the, the sacrifice of both of them would have been acceptable. And it's not the fact that Cain was a farmer of the ground that is being disregarded. It was a very needed, um, very needed job. It was the fact that he didn't do what God had asked for. And again, that's like the sheep, isn't it? Left to their own devices, they're able to wander off. So let's carry on reading. Uh, we started reading verse six. Let's carry on. So the Lord said to Cain, um, why are you angry? And why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will, not, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, Sin lies at the door and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. The Lord's trying to reinforce that following his commandment is the most important thing, not because he wants to um, show his authority and sort of lord over the fact that he is in control. But by following his commandments, we do get that sense of relationship and community and love and that's what god really in his commandments wants us to understand 
and just looking there, the the Hebrew for the word keeper of sheep, um, ra, it looks like to me. Um, it's a verb. It's a doing word. It's not something that um, is just attributed to someone. They have to act like um, the job that they're doing, and it means to tend. And had Cain asked Abel, like we said, uh, to provide a sheep, I'm sure he would have done that. So let's look at a couple of New Testament verses to really reinforce that being a shepherd is a doing word. So in 1 Peter and chapter 5, um, we have another account of where uh, the leaders of the churches are told how to look after the people. Some real practical good um, lessons for us as, as we too look after each other. So 1 Peter 5 and verse 2, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading glory. So shepherding the flock is, is not a vocation, but it's a way of life. I quite enjoy going to work and then I enjoy even more shutting my laptop at the end of the day and going home. But as a shepherd, it's not like that. It's a lifestyle. It's something that that, that gentleman on the video wakes up early and goes to bed late, I'm sure. And it's the same with our relationship with our church, with our community. We need to be um, constantly looking out for each other, constantly working on, on making sure that people don't go astray. And then another example in Acts. Um, so the Acts of the Apostles gives an account of, of the faithful people after the time of Christ that went out into the world and preached the gospel message. And in Acts 20 uh, and two verses there, starting in verse 28, pay careful attention to yourselves and all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And that gives us an important sense of caring for ourselves as well. The people in Ezekiel 34 were only caring for themselves, only serving themselves. But this is talking about something a bit different. This is talking about learning um, kindness and gentleness and learning the tricks of the trade of being a shepherd so that you can successfully keep that flock together. That's what they're being encouraged to do, to read their Bibles, to encourage each other and to seek self-encouragement from God's word so that they're prepared to go out and look after um, their members of the church. 
and it says there, I know after my departure, fierce wolves will come in, not sparing the flock. And it's true, isn't it, that if we don't look after each other, if we don't um, stay strong in our community and, and, and love and support each other, there is a tendency to drift off and, and be attracted by the, the lights and the, um, the attractions of the world that are just transient pleasures. So we thought in Ezekiel 34 uh, about false shepherds, those shepherds that weren't doing the work that God had asked them to do. Um, and we'll just remind ourselves it's on the screen. Um, actually, I'll, I'll turn there and read those verses again. So Ezekiel 34 and verse 11. Right, we've not read this yet, have we? Um, we read verses 1 to 10 about the false shepherds, but now we come on to the good shepherds. So Ezekiel 34 and verse 11. Um, for thus says the Lord God, indeed, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock, Sorry, verse 12 again, as a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep, so will I seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and I will bring them to their own land. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, in the valleys and in the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them in good pasture and their fold shall be on the high mountains of Israel. They shall lie down in a good fold and feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. So we read there that whilst the people in, in the, the earth at that time that should have been caring for God's people weren't God comforts them and says I will look after you I will be your shepherd um, and the imagery there of making them lie down in green pastures and and feeding and and being cared for and comforted reminds us of Psalm 23 a lovely psalm um, that teaches us um about the Lord Jesus Christ as well, before his time. So it's a psalm that's very familiar to, to Bible students, but we'll read it anyway, because it's lovely. So Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me 
all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And in both those readings, Ezekiel 34 and those verses about God being the shepherd and that psalm there, it does say that they are still in the presence of danger. They are still um, um, in verse 23, walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But with God as their shepherd and Jesus following after God's example as our shepherd, there is no need to fear around the predators those predators that we read of in, in Peter, those that would come to steal away um, the members of our church. And jumping forward to a New Testament example of a good shepherd. And John chapter 10 is a wonderful, wonderful chapter about our Lord and Savior Jesus being um, the true shepherd. And it would be nice uh, to read the whole chapter, but for the sake of time, we'll just pick out some verses. Um, so John 10 and verse 11. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. For the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and I am known by my own. As the father knows me, even so I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus understands the role that God has sent him to do. He understands that it's not a, a vocation, not something that you can uh, do your hours and, and go home. It's something that is a way of life. And we got there a sense of the fact that the sheep not only followed him, but they knew him. And we get that sense if we read other parts of, of John chapter 10. They, the sheep recognize the face of their master. And in verse 30, again, in John 10, it's repeated. I and my father are one. God Sorry, Jesus understood what God required of that shepherd. He understood what it took to lead the sheep. And where he says, I and my father are one, that means that they understand the same um, responsibility. They're not the same person, but they share the same outlook on life. We won't read um, these verses for the sake of time, um, but I'd encourage you to do so in your own time. But reading the start of John chapter 10, we get a sense that the, sh the sheep know the shepherd's voice. Um, and they fear and flee if someone comes in that they don't recognize. And Again, back to our article that the BBC put together. Um, forgive me, there's a big block of, of, of words on the, on the slide there, but I'd like to just read it to you. Um, it's a 2001 study, so it's quite a while ago, but sheep have been the same for thousands of years. So um, I think it should still be relevant. 
So a 2001 study by Keith Kendrick, who's now at the University of Electronic Science and Technology in China, found that sheep can recognize and remember at least 50 individual faces for more than two years. That's longer than many humans. We, we were talking in the car on the way here, weren't we, about people that we uh, know from the past and trying to remember names, and we're pretty useless at it. But sheep, according to research, have been shown a picture of lots of different faces, and they're able to recognize, I guess they, they can learn a cue when they see that picture. And up to two years later, they repeat that same cue because they've recognized uh, that human face. In this study, Kendrick's team trained sheep to distinguish between 25 pairs of sheep by associating one member with each pair with a food reward. So that's how they did it. We all, we all like to be rewarded with food, don't we? <laughs> um, sheep showed clear behavioral signs of recognizing individuals by vocalizing their response to the pictures, says Kendrick. The team also found evidence that Sheen can differentiate facial expressions and prefer a smile to a frown. Isn't that amazing? Um, at the time, uh, Mr. Kendrick told BBC News, the way the sheep's brain is organized suggests that they have some kind of emotional response to what they see in the world. And I would encourage you to read um, John chapter 10 again, because it does give us imagery of the sheep recognizing the good shepherd. And isn't it such a wonderful thing that God uses an animal that people have found, I'm sure by just doing research to their own interest, I don't know um, if the researchers had any interest in, in the Bible or not, but the fact that they observed that sheep preferred a smile to a frown is just such a wonderful um, thing for us to learn when we know God uses sheep um, and the relationship they have as something that we should learn from. And it's responsibility for us as sheep, part of Jesus's flock, um, that we need to make sure we recognize the face of, of our Lord and Savior Jesus. And we obviously can't see him, but we know his character. We know that him and his father are one. They share the same love, the same compassion, the same duty to us as their flock. And I pray that when, when Christ does return to the earth, as the Bible tells us he will, um, wouldn't it be lovely if we recognize him um, and that smiling face when he returns? So just a reminder, with all that we've spoken about in mind, being a shepherd is a doing word. We've a responsibility whilst Christ isn't here to take on that role, to be a friendly face, to be someone that understands the work of God. Um, the work of God is to believe in God and to believe in Jesus. It says that um, in the Bible in John 6. That's the work of God, to just believe and to show that we believe to, to those that we meet. 
<clears throat> we'll just bring our thoughts to close in John chapter 21. <clears throat> This is an interesting interaction between um, Jesus and the Apostle Peter. And let's read those verses on the screen there. John 21, verse 15 to 17. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. He said again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said it to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And I just want to close by thinking about this unusual um, interaction that, that they had together. So the first time that Jesus asks Peter, do you love me? Um, he responds by saying, feed my lambs. And there's two Hebrew words there, sorry, two Greek words. <clears throat> um, the New Testament's written in Greek, bosco, forgive my butchering of, of this ancient language as well, um, which means to pasture, and arnion, um, which means a little lamb. So we're, we're reminded of the, the Psalm 23, that, that the good shepherd lets them lie down in green pastures, and a little lamb shows a sense of vulnerability, doesn't it? A sense of needing to care for those that are are not as strong and Christ often had compassion on those that needed it most didn't he he came to heal the sick so the second instance that that they uh, have this um, interaction the words change so this time Jesus uses the word poimeneno um, which in English terms means to feed or to rule so a lot more of a sense of being an authority figure. And then the word there for sheep um, means a four-footed animal. Um, and it's a sheepfold, which is, um, it's always translated as sheep in the New Testament, but um, it's part of a, a group, part of a community, a sheepfold. So the second um commission from Christ to Peter seems to show the need for a strong figure for the people to follow the same word that we read in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 2 be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care serving as overseers so the first instance was to care and nurture the second instance is to lead and then the final one we've got a combination so to pasture and then that probaton word for the sheep or the sheepfold 
um, and the third time gives a sense of tending and caring for the congregation in a spiritual way, making sure that there's a suitable environment for the people to hear and do God's word. So by looking at, um, like I say, initially this was uh, looking at true shepherds as part of a series uh, that another another meeting did um but when we come across a shepherd in the ecclesia when we come across the sheep um and the relationship that they have with their master hopefully now we can understand that sheep don't have that um tendency to be skittish and afraid if they're cared for and again like we said being a, a tender of the sheep is a doing word it's an an active um thing that we must do um and we've got our lord uh, jesus christ as an example Thank you for joining us. We hope you found the episode helpful. Don't forget, most of these episodes are also available as videos on our video channel, cdvideo.org. So head over and take a look. If you have any comments or questions or suggestions, please get in touch or leave us a voice message. We love to hear your feedback. You can email us at bt f at cdvideo.org if you enjoyed the episode then please share it with others until next time may god bless you in your studies and your walk towards god's kingdom amen